You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello, welcome. It's Patrick Bexel. I'm here with the Anton Hero, obviously, because Anton Roscoe joins me from the south of Sweden. Yes. And you got you got all your cooking on the go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, it's great to do a podcast in between uh, in between meals. Uh, so you know, when, once the uh, once the stew is on the uh, stove, then you can make a podcast in the meantime. It's interesting because now, Anton, we're gonna start talking about hockey for real. In a way, we got we got two reasons for it. We got rookie cap in Montreal. And we got the European season starting next week in Finland and Sweden and Switzerland, even if the interesting prospect in the Swiss League has gone to Montreal. KHL already started, as everyone knows, because they always start in order to be able to have that ceremony in regards to Locomotive, where the whole team passed away uh, in the plane crash a couple of years ago. Well, it's 10 years ago now. Yeah, 2011, yeah. We're here to talk about Rookie Cap. And we got the... Uh, invites the other day and and first and foremost let's start with that Anton because we always get those kind of questions around this time of the year the Europeans the KHL players can't come over and you have to more or less be signed in order for come out to come over I was a bit surprised that Kapanen didn't come over but with Liga season starting on Tuesday he has served his military service during the summer he has a leadership position in Kalpa as well it makes sense for him to stay to give him that opportunity to 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 build with the team. He has been playing second-line center in most of the preseason games. He's done it well. Build on that. Either let him stay for yet another year or sign him next year or, or in May and bring him over and cash in on in, in many ways next year. We saw Engstrom. He's been on the second, first or second pairing the whole preseason as well. And um, for people that are interested, uh, we got Eriksson scoring two goals now in Champions Hockey League after a goal against the Danes last night. This being recorded on Saturday. But looking at the list of invites to camp, what can you say really here? That it's been a long time since there were this many players to be excited about. It's basically the same as we discussed during the uh, Top 25 Under 25 podcast that there is a lot of young talent to uh, to be interested in and to see them all gel together and you know see see what works together in defensive pairings and forward groupings will be uh, super interesting obviously there are players who have higher pedigree coming in who have already made their debut in in the NHL and then there are a mix with uh, guys who only have an AHL contract like Jakov Novak, Riley McKay, uh, Christopher Merisier-Ortiz, John Parker Jones. And then you have uh, the tryouts as well, three three of them, one in each position. Jan Spunar, uh, Stanislav Demin and uh, Isaac Dufour, the local boy from Laval. So it'll be really interesting to see what, well, the more the guys who have more experience, obviously, uh, from both the AHL and the NHL, if they can dominate as we hope they will. And if a few of the uh, the lesser known names can uh, surprise, as Arbor I did last year, for example. It will be super interesting to, uh, to see all these uh, guys. I would have loved to see Fowler in net. Uh, obviously, he's going to Boston College. And uh, I don't think he can participate in camp because that counts as a... Professional activity, I guess. Professional activity, yeah. Uh, which means that, you know, he's staying at college, 
but it would have been lovely to see him partly because obviously the rankings in in uh, top 25 under 25 but also from what i've heard from chris peters and what many others have said during the summer he's a goalie to really keep an eye on even if he isn't that kind of big sized goalie that that we have taken for granted that montreal drafts every year nowadays yeah he's he's wide though i mean he's only 62 but he he uh, has a, a weight of 220 plus pounds so like he's a he's a sturdy boy even if he's not 6465 looking at the list anyone you miss and who will you keep an eye on there is not anyone I'm missing except for the European guys who obviously would have been fun to see, um, especially being European myself, seeing guys like Filip Eriksson and Adam Engström, Oliver Kapanen obviously as well, and Bogdan Konjushkov. Uh, these European guys would have been fun to see just yeah, compare themselves to the North American talent. But someone I'm like, obviously I'm really interested in watching, uh, watching the fifth overall pick, David Reinbacher, um, go head to head with... Guys like uh, Jaden Struble and William Trudeau, who have already made their a little bit of impact in, in Laval, for example. Watching Logan Mayu will be super interesting as well, since he's that kind of still that kind of boom or bust prospect that you don't really know where you have. Uh, he can become something really interesting or or he can just flatten out. So this is the first taste of him in a professional environment. And then obviously we have a lot of forwards who uh, have some things to prove or or a lot to prove. Everything from Jan Mishak to uh, Philip Meshar and guys who were really on the rise last year, like Emil Heinemann. So yeah, there is a lot to be excited about overall. Personally, I, I think, you know, watching Lugan Mayu in this environment and also working with Adam Nicholas and, and all the others of the skills team will be very interesting for me from the clips that I will be able to watch because obviously I'm more often than not in a car at the time that uh, the actual practice takes place. But yeah, I think Logan Mayo stands out. I think David Reinbacher, I got a good grip on him in regards to, to playing professionally in National League. Um, it, it is, you know, the unknowns. I would have loved to to follow really closely the, the development of Meshar. We heard from Sean McKillian on the podcast that he thinks Meshar has taken a step this year, yeah. uh, even if it hasn't really been showing in the in the goal scoring column or in the assist column. And and I think that is is one of the players that in these this environment against pretty good opposition, you will have a better understanding on where he is in his development yeah. and what he learned last year. Obviously, as a Swede, Emil Heinemann, I'm, I'm still not convinced when he shoots 25%, fine. Yeah. But what happens when he shoots 4%? Can he can he adjust to that? I, I don't think he will ever shoot 4%, though, because his shot is so good. Yeah. We can we can do the comparison with Tanner Jano, who uh, the Lightning gave up five five draft picks and and a player to to get at the at the deadline last year. Well, the, this last season, who also had a ridiculously high scoring percentage uh, based on his shots in his first year in Nashville. Uh, well, not first year, but yeah, uh, his first full year in the NHL, and then. You know, last year that uh, number came down to five percent or something. So, so obviously, you can't rely on someone as good as Emil Heinemann's shot is. It's not going to be that impressive. It's the same with Rafael Harvey Pinar in the NHL. They're not going to score as much, but they can still provide a lot of good play. And and they will have to round out. Well, Emil in particular will have to round out this game to to fit the North American market. 
as a as a yeah a 200 foot player and we'll be right back after these messages so remember to turn down the volume in order to save your eardrums a little bit the god of mischief is back and better than ever loki 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 Wow, great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. There are others that knocked on the door last year as well. Sean Farrell, yeah. maybe with Ryan Bakker, Struble, and Mayu there. Yeah. It would be interesting to see how he fares about against these players that are physical and, and, and quite big in many yeah. ways, where I think Jaden Struble is the smallest one of them, which is crazy in some ways. Yeah, uh, I wanted to make the comparison there. Uh, Sean Farrell, for example, if you, if you compare with Philip Meshar, for example, it's, it's kind of a similar situation where Meshar got kind of trash for for not having been as impressive as you wanted in the uh in the OHL last year. Farrell was impressive in his uh, well in his sophomore season at Harvard, but then he came into the NHL and didn't look as comfortable as you would have liked and then automatically six games in people start doubting him. So watching him you know in settings here with uh yeah being a being a premier playmaker and someone who's already tried NHL action will be super interesting. Can he, for example, feed Emil Heinemann uh, in a good way? Can he uh, form a partnership with a Joshua Roy, for example? Can he make Jan Mishak score all of a sudden? Who knows? I'm not sure that anyone can make Mishak score, to be honest. I hope. I still hope. <laughs> There's still it's hope. only 21. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, as I mentioned in the yeah. comments, Mishak is one of the nicest players I've met. Yep. Gives generously of his time, always uh, speaks well of others, speaks... Yeah, super professional. Yeah, and, and also very personal when, when you get sit down and talk to him. Mm. I want him to succeed. I haven't had my doubts already from the draft, but it's, it's, it's an interesting name and I wish him all the best. If someone can make him score, please make him score. Yeah. Otherwise, can he be a shutdown center? That's what I'm leaning towards right now. Looking at, at at potential lines, though, you mentioned Heinemann with, with Farrell or Svi or Heinemann back Roy. Yeah, that would be an interesting line for sure. Roy feeding Heinemann and then Beck being the uh, 200-foot center, uh, the, the one who can just make the other two look electrifying by being that kind of pillar in the middle. That would be a really interesting line and something interesting to to look out for in the future as well, if if it could work. We obviously have a new Shekai to, to keep an eye on, yep. Florian Shekai. What would you look for there? I want some sort of proof. Now I'm going to sound a little bit negative, but but considering that he hasn't lit the uh, OHL on fire, I want to see the sort of... I, I assume that they drafted him because, well, they knew he was Arbor's brother and they see, saw something similar uh, in him, uh, but on the forward side, when it comes to competitive spirit, when it comes to just a fierce ability, is adding something potentially on a bottom six line in the future. I want to see that kind of effort from him just to make me, well, well, make me look wrong in my estimations that 
it was way too early to draft him in the fourth round. I want to see him basically do what Arbor did a year ago. Obviously, he's much younger, so you have to bear that in mind as well. But just seeing that he can add physicality and uh, a gritty aspect to his line and just make the others feel more comfortable doing what they do. If he, for example, ends up with a Riley Kidney, who is a premier setup man, and and then a goal scorer on the other side, it would be fun to see Florian Jekai just creating space for the others. So, yeah... uh, interesting for sure but like i i think i ranked florian jekai about 45th in our um, in our top 25 i would like to um, yeah be proven wrong and, and to be able to move him up next year for sure yeah one player that that i think is very interesting is tyce milanic uh, you know yeah. betting on himself he's opted out of his uh, last year in, in at wisconsin and going pro or semi-pro whatever it's going to be we don't know it could be uh, trois rivers or um, it could be Laval. I think he might struggle at Laval because they're, it's kind of a full roster. But also, you mentioned before, could he do a Tolongi and go to Europe? Maybe that would be the best for him. Obviously, he already knows the North American system. So it's just about getting professional a professional taste of hockey for him at this point. Obviously, his his one year in Wisconsin with the Badgers didn't work at all. Uh, he ended the season with just 14 games and, and two points. It just like didn't click for him when he played, and, and then he, he um, had injuries as well. He played well, especially during his freshman year at Quinnipiac. And then he bet on, on himself to, with a transfer to Wisconsin, which didn't work out. And now he's betting on himself again. It would be uh, super interesting to have another prospect for you to follow in Europe this season and, and to see what level he could end up in. If it would be Hockey Allsvenskan in Sweden or if he could you know, sign with a smaller Liga team or or if it would be one of the smaller leagues in Central Europe, uh, which would pick him up. We, we saw uh, Miguel Torigny go to uh, Dukla, was it, in, in Slovakia yeah, Trenton, uh, yeah. last year? Trenton. Yeah, Trenton. Yeah. And... He's obviously uh, another player who bet on bet on himself, uh, drafted in his third year of eligibility, a smaller player. And yeah, he, he performed admirably points-wise in Slovakia. And I think he, um, he will also be an interesting player to watch now during the uh, rookie camp. Uh, but yeah, Tyson Milanic, it kind of feels like his last opportunity to really make an impact here. So you would like to see him be something more than just um, an average player of the crop. To, to make sure that the Habs would actually sign him uh, before his rights expire. So, so yeah, he has a lot to prove. If we compare it to Florian Zeka, who is in his first year here, like if it doesn't work out this time, it can work out uh, a couple of years from now. But for Smilanik, it's kind of time to to show that it was just the wrong setting in, in Wisconsin. It was not that he became suddenly a bad player. Uh, a little bit like uh, Jan Mishak in a way, yeah. who, who was also hampered by a concussion, I think it was, in, in from AHL and, you know, the COVID season as well. So I think, you know, there, there are players that has a lot to prove here. And, and even if they are in, in their last, in, 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 even if they aren't in their last year of eligibility uh, or, or needs to be signed uh, in spring, they need, they have something to prove. There are other players, as you point out, Shekai and, and Meshar, in, I think mostly they will have time on their side to to develop further 
before a, a decision has to be made. I was thinking as well, like now they are both righties, so maybe they don't want to pair these two up, but it would be fun to watch 5'8 Miguel Torigny next to 6'7 John Parker Jones on a pairing just to see how that would work. But uh, yeah. Well, you, you, you put Torigny with, with Reinwacher or Mayu, it's fine. They're more or less the same size anyway. We have a lot of right, well, right-handed. And those are the four right-handed uh, defensemen, I think. Um, so yeah, Mayu and uh, yeah, Mayu and Tourigny, that would be a full blast attack for sure. Uh, well, we know Tourigny can pass, so uh, you know yep. all Mayu would have to do is to release that howitzer of his. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's something to look forward to. Um, are there names here that you can say? have a chance to go straight into the NHL team? Obviously, Sean Farrell was up last year. Um, he already played a few games. Owen Beck also made his debut, but I'd, I think he's a, a year away still. David Reinbacher is the obvious uh, name to say. Um, he has the pedigree of being an early selection and he played professionally last year. And the only question is how ready he is for well, the best league in the world already. Um, then uh, a surprise candidate would be William Trudeau, um, who played very well with Laval last year and really surprised a lot of people by being as solid as he was. And he came into uh, came into the season looking like more of a steady um, stay-at-home defenseman. And then when Justin Barron got called up, he um, had to adapt to being a uh, power play option as well as a defenseman and he did really well so uh, William Trudeau would be someone to look out for when it comes to well development camp and then uh, trying trying a few games up in, up in the NHL this season I wouldn't also count out someone like Joshua Roy mostly because I've heard Matt talk about him now for two straight years about how talented he is and how he has something that no one else has uh, Matt ranked him fourth overall among the top 25 prospects under 25. Like, this is the sort of situation where Joshua Roy really should shine. And, and if he does, then, you know, he has a lot of elements that Montreal needs um, when it comes to, you know, uh, someone who can process the game quickly and can deliver passes for someone like Cole Caulfield. So, yeah, Joshua Roy, William Trudeau, uh, David Reimbacher and Sean Farrell would be the first four candidates, according to me. Yeah, and with the move that Montreal has done this summer, we can also see that there is space for someone like Roy to sort of squeeze themselves into the team. He's definitely in the running, we all know that. Yeah. You've been listening to Hansen's Minded with Anton Rossigord and Patrick Bexel. Thank you all for joining us.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.